I'm surprised I stayed sober as long as I did before I found service work because the fellowship that I thought that I knew was not the fellowship that I've experienced here. They were that hand for me when, I mean, at any point in time, I could have just disappeared. Every two weeks, I could have gone further away. Am I just standing around and talking to my friends even when I see somebody, you know, new coming up? Am I stopping the conversation to go, hey, wait a minute. Hi you look new here, you know, are you visiting or whatever? Or do you just let the person walk by? When anyone anywhere reaches out for help, I want the hand of aid to always be there. And for that, I am responsible. I heard it through the grapevine. Welcome. It's the AA Grapevine Half Hour Variety Hour, featuring the collected voices of Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm Don, an alcoholic in Greensboro, North Carolina. Well, hello there, Don. Hey, everybody, I'm Sam, an alcoholic in Palm Springs, California. Ooh, that beautiful syrupy voice you have there. Is it syrupy or is it buttery? I'll take the butter. (laughs) Please, sir. (laughs) Could I have some butter in your voice? (laughs) Okay, Sam. What does the triangle in the circle symbol mean to you? Well, that's the three things. The legacy of recovery, unity, and service. That's the triangle bit. Yeah. The official word on that is the circle stands for the whole world of AA, and the triangle stands for AA's three legacies of recovery, unity, and service. Right. Now, that's a quote from Bill, isn't it? Yeah, Bill, I don't know if Bill came up with it. Yeah, but I found a quote of Bill talking about it. And he was talking about it. The triangle in the circle is an ancient symbol of spiritual unity. I think that's the reason that we use it in AA. It's a very common symbol. You see it a lot of places in recovery. For people who are new, what does this mean? Recovery, unity, and service. Recovery is the 12 steps the program of of Alcoholics Anonymous. Unity is the home group. The fellowship. It's a we program. Correct. And service is the we program reaching out to others. Well, it's that direct service of one alcoholic helping another and the general service of making sure that everything that we can do to make sure that direct service happens. So it's sponsorship. It's websites for meeting guide and things like that. It's making coffee for the meeting. It's printing pamphlets and books. And it's the work that the general service structure does to make sure that all of AA has material to help the still suffering alcoholic when they come in. It's our meeting in print, the International Journal of Alcoholics Anonymous, the Grapevine, and the things that Grapevine does, including this podcast. That's right. And then the circle is when we all hold hands at the end of the meeting. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Now, Sam, we hold hands and we ask our higher power to keep us sober. It works if it work it, but you got to work it every day. Boom, shaka, laka, laka. (laughs) Yes. And it ends with boom, shaka, laka. I picked that up in Durham, North Carolina. In a meeting that I'm going to regularly now, Service Nerds, where we're reading the AA service manual, you helped start that meeting when you were in this area, but it still ends with a responsibility statement followed by boom shakalaka. (laughs) Yes. I'm so glad that's a lasting thing. (laughs) (laughs) Your legacy. It's not my legacy. It's me helping continue the legacy that I was introduced to in Durham. (laughs) 
<laughs> but Sam, to wrap this up, we have to remember one thing. For the fellowship, the triangle and the circle is but a symbol. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I can't help it. What's happening on the half hour variety hour today, Sam? Well, Don, later on, we're going to have a call from Amanda, who has a question for the Ask It Basket. But first, we'll get to know today's guest, Mark J. from Cincinnati, Ohio. Hey, Sam, how can I support the AA Grapevine podcast? Since the grapevine is self-supporting, we don't sell ad space in our magazines, on our website, or even in our podcast. Grapevine doesn't even accept contributions from AA members. What? If you want to support this podcast, visit aagrapevine.org and click on store. But yeah, my name is Mark. I'm an alcoholic. I don't have a home group yet because I just moved to Cincinnati, Ohio last Saturday. Mark, what was going on with you inside when you first came to AA that made you feel like you needed to go to an AA meeting? <laughs> Cobb County was the reason why I decided that I needed to come to an AA meeting. They gave me one option. It was either that or stay in jail. Mm. So it was external pressure. <laughs> external pressure, family, the court system. At the time, I didn't think I had a problem. If you had told me otherwise, I probably would have cussed you out because the only people who had a problem was everybody else worrying about me. Wait a minute. You're in jail and you don't have a problem? No. Bad circumstances. I got caught. You know, yeah. the system was out to get me. Funny how that happens, isn't it? So what was it like to go to AA with that attitude? It was... Miserable in the beginning. Um, I'd go to meetings. I'd stand outside and smoke until, you know, maybe five minutes after. I know that most meetings, if they read all the readings, it takes 15 minutes. So if I was 20 minutes late to the meeting, it would be just after discussion was given. And this is the type of AA that I had before. And that was your plan for five years? Yep. That was the only five-year plan I've ever had is to, you know, get done with probation and go back to living my life the way that I had been living it. How far into the five-year plan did you get before that changed? You know, I'm not exactly sure when the the spiritual awakening happened, but I remember it just before my fifth anniversary, calling my sponsor pretty upset because I was like, I said that I was going to do this thing that I was going to leave, and I don't think I want to leave. And he was like, you do realize that you don't have to go through with that. You don't have to go back out. And it never occurred to me that like I had a, a choice to not go back. Did you work the steps in that time? Yeah, I'd been through all 12 of them. I had been sponsoring people at that point. My life had gotten better. I had made friends. I'd met people and I was healthy. Wow. It had become part of your life. You know, we talk about the second step and being restored to sanity. Um, and that very tangible to me because they uh, had put me in the psych ward three times. I had mental health issues coming into it. And because of it, that uh, you know, after three years, they weaned me off of the meds and this is what you get. And how long ago was all this? My sobriety date is July the 5th of 2005. So that would have been 17 years ago. 
So what was the change after that five-year period? Did recovery take root or, or are you saying that it had taken root and you just hadn't realized it? It had taken root and I hadn't realized it. Um, you know, I was doing service work at the group level, at the district level, may have been at the area level at that point. So, you know, I'm, I've gotten myself situated in the center of this bed that you guys kept talking about. I want to jump forward a little bit in your recovery. You have served in GALA. Now, what is that? So GALA is Gays and Lesbians and Alcoholics Anonymous. They've been around since, I believe, 1984 was the first time that they were recognized by a world. Um, so it was the International Advisory Council of Homosexual Men and Women and Alcoholics Anonymous. What's the purpose of that? Kind of like for the young people, you know, just having the opportunity to see yourself in this community, you know, this fellowship of AA. So, you know, as a young person at the time as well, it's like, oh, there's nothing but old people here. I don't belong here. And, you know, add that to being gay. And it's like, well, you know, these folks have got kids and, you know, they have families. And when I came in, that wasn't a thing yet. But just to be able to, as I say, let your hair down at a meeting and, and just be my true authentic self. You know, it may not have always felt safe in the beginning. Now I know that I can go anywhere. And if you don't like me, then you can go to another meeting or talk to your sponsor. That has nothing to do with me. But in the beginning, I needed to be somewhere safe in this place that I didn't already feel safe. Yeah, that was my experience, too. When I came to AA, I was afraid. I was a scared gay man. And for me to be able to go to LGBT meetings was really important because I didn't have to worry about my being gay in that meeting. I could focus on the recovery stuff and getting comfortable with Alcoholics Anonymous. And then what do you know? I went to mainstream AA meetings and I saw gay people there. And it's like, okay, I'm comfortable here now. But initially, yeah. I needed those meetings. So what is your recovery like today? So you just moved a week ago. Yeah. So um, this has been a really cool journey. And, you know, I'll give you a little bit of backstory. I, you know, I, I got sober and I lived in my car. Ten years later, I buy my first house. And here we are going into my 18th year. And I've never been anywhere in my entire life. I was afraid to leave to go away to school. Then, you know, I had the court system for five years. Then I had a relationship for eight years sober, and that ended in I bought a house. So I have been tethered to something. I was like, you know what? I'm going to see what it's like to live somewhere else. Uh, so I picked four cities that I thought I wanted to live in. I lived in all of them for two weeks at a time. All of the cities, I went to meetings every single day in different meetings. I went to gay meetings. I went to young people's meetings. I went to book studies. I raised my hand. I said, my name's Mark Malcolic. I'm thinking about moving here and just checking out your city. And then I let AA do what AA is supposed to do. The hand of AA is reaching out. Cincinnati was the city that I chose. The people here, I didn't even really have to raise my hand. I walked into buildings and, you know, people came up to me and they were like, hey, how's it going? Are you new here? Uh -huh. Which is, I mean, if somebody comes to your house and you don't know who they are, are you just going to let them walk in and sit down at the table and eat your food? Um, it's like, okay, it's time to go. And so far, everything has been easy except for the disheveled that comes with packing up and moving three states away from the same place that you've been in for 26 years. Wow. <laughs> Mark, what a brilliant way of going about it, though. I have never heard mm -hmm. anyone doing that. No, that's great. Do you have a home group in mind yet? There are two meetings here that felt most like home. The Queen City Group, um, which is the one gay meeting. And then there's a young people's meeting that meets, and I can't remember the name. 
between the two of those, and I'm not afraid of the cold. I think I look better in my my cold weather clothes anyway. I can only put on more. <laughs> Love it. How do you choose a home group? I think the first thing is probably going to be where my sponsor is. If there's a man or a woman there that has something that I want, and that's the group that they go to. The way I was taught was that, you know, you and your sponsor should probably go to at least one meeting a week together. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to change the question. Okay. How do you choose a sponsor? Oh, gosh. In the beginning, desperation at this point in my sobriety with long-term. Do they need to have more sobriety than you? I have heard that that doesn't always work. It's more so about the quality of sobriety. There's somebody who actually I have considered asking, and I know that he is seven years younger than I am as far as the program goes. So... But I I liked the way that him and I interacted. You know, when I got there, he gave me his number. He actually called me or texted me almost every other day to say, hey, we're going to this meeting. We're going out to here to eat afterwards. We're going to get coffee. Like they they brought me into the fold before I was even actually here. I hadn't made my decision on what city I was going to live in. The fellowship in Cincinnati was like, you belong here. So, you know, the accumulation of days doesn't always equate to better sobriety. You know, I had a long timer tell me whoever woke up first is the one who's got the most sobriety because today is <laughs> the only thing that matters. I, tomorrow is not here. I'm not guaranteed to wake up. And yesterday's sobriety was yesterday's sobriety. I've got the history of what I did if I keep doing that, but that doesn't make today's sobriety any better if I don't do those things. So what are you doing to stay sober? every day. The same thing I've been doing. I'm still on the newsletter committee for the central office back in Atlanta. They looked at some things and decided to let me stay on through the rest of my term, which I'm super duper grateful for, but also getting to, to service work here. Service work has saved my life literally and spiritually all of the leaves that you could think of. It <laughs> has been the thing that when I thought to myself, I'm done with this crap. I'm done with you people. I don't want to do this anymore. Y'all taught me integrity. And if I said I was going to do something, even if I show up late for it, that I do it. The thought was, okay, well, after this thing is over, then I'm going to go drink or, you know, then I'm done and no more. <laughs> and an hour is really all it takes for an alcoholic's brain to go, oh, right. Well, maybe that wasn't too bad. Mm. <laughs> if I'm yes. listening, if my, if, if my heart is open, if I'm listening in the meeting that I'm going to, if I'm present, Sometimes it really only takes getting through the preamble. I've gone to a meeting where I've been so stuck in my head that I, I didn't hear anything until we got to how it works. And then it was like, oh, right. <laughs> this is where my feet are. This is where my butt is. You know, in, in the hour, it changed. So true. I was working out of town and I went to a meeting and I said to myself, I'm going to go in late. I sat in the car. Because I don't want to talk and I don't want anybody to talk to me. I'm going to listen and then I'm going to leave early. And I went down and they had not started. They had been waiting for me because I'd been there twice before. And they said, Don, you're chairing tonight. <laughs> it's really unbelievably. And I went and sat down. You know, I just had to read the materials that they had. And within 10 minutes, I was well. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny how that happens. Mark, is there anything that you would like to say that we haven't talked about yet? Get involved in service work inside and outside of the group. When you get involved in service, you get to know people. Doing service work helped me not be so afraid anymore. I wasn't afraid of people. The nights that promises come true. Fear of people stopped being a thing because I know that any meeting that I go to is my home. Any 
place where there are other alcoholics, those are my family. And all I have to do is tell them that I, you know, believe that just for today, I'm an alcoholic. If they too are working a good program and in a spiritual place, they'll go, hey, well, come hang out with us for a little bit. You'll be all right. You know, I'm confident you're going to be all right. Mark, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate you asking me to do this. It's been awesome. Thanks, Mark. It's time for the Asket Basket. What's that? That's the name Bill W. gave the basket that was passed around for questions. We want your questions for our guests. General recovery questions, newcomer questions, AA history. Got a question for the Ask It Basket? Go to aagrapevine.org and click on podcast. And now let's dip into the basket. Hey, my name's Amanda and I'm an alcoholic from Pensacola, Florida. I was calling to ask a question. I understand that the third edition of the big book had the triangle inside the circle symbol on the first page, or maybe it was the second page. Then it was removed in the fourth edition. And I've been told a reason why, but I'm wondering if there's an official version. Also, and this is kind of my bigger question, why wasn't an explanation included in the foreword in the fourth edition where they explain what changes they made and why? I don't know. Maybe that it was a little too complicated, but um, I really enjoy the podcast. Thank you so much for sharing your time. And again, thank you so much. Thanks for the question, Amanda. The General Service Office sent us this response, which is Service Material SMF113, Use of the Circle Slash Triangle Symbol. This has been edited for the podcast, Search SMF113 for the full text. On April 29, 1993, AA World Services Board distributed a statement advising that it would no longer oppose the use of the circle and triangle symbol on medallions, jewelry, or other items. The burden of increasingly costly and time-consuming efforts, including litigation, diverted resources from activities which related more directly to fulfilling AA's primary purpose. At some point then, AAWS decided that continued efforts to protect the circle and triangle mark could no longer be justified. Consistent with AAWS' original purpose in protecting the circle and triangle mark, that is, its desire to avoid the appearance of association or affiliation with outside goods and services, AAWS phased out its own official use of the circle and triangle symbol on or in connection with its literature and other materials and its services. Uh, can you say that again? No. I, th- <laughs> I think we need more clarity. Yes. <laughs> so we got in touch with past delegate, past trustee, past AAWS director, Billy N to flesh this out and give us some personal experience. Billy has been on the podcast before, so you may recognize his voice. I'm Billy. I'm an alcoholic, a past delegate, panel 49, but more importantly, a past general service trustee and director on the A-World Services Board. And I want to stress that I'm neither an attorney nor am I a current trustee. I have the greatest respect for the people who are currently doing that job. Yes. So what does it mean to stop defending a trademark? It's common confusion inside the fellowship that trademark and copyright get interused with each other when they're not supposed to be. And Uh so what a trademark is, 
It's a recognizable kind of like sign, basically a symbol. A logo. Yeah. A copyright is also intellectual property, but it's one that gives the original owner the exclusive right to copy, distribute, adapt, edit. You know, it's for a creative work, a copyright, so not a symbol. The fourth edition of the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous, is copyrighted. Mm -hmm. And that copyright is owned by AA World Services, Inc. If you go to the AA.org website, there's a symbol up there we call the blue people. It's like a bunch of people standing next to each other. That symbol is trademarked and can only be used by the General Service Board, AA World Services, or the AA Grapevine. So in today's world, if you need an example, the big book is copyrighted. The blue people are trademarked. Okay. So the circle and triangle, what do you think is the reason to stop using it? I was in service at the time. It was a big issue in the 90s. The board was facing lots of time inside the office. It's a standing part of every AAWS meeting to approve people using our copyright or trademark. Now, we don't let other people use our trademarks, but we do let a lot of people use limited kind of snippets from our literature sometimes. We still own the trademark on the circle and triangle. Mm -hmm. What we decided to do is not use it anymore and not enforce it from anyone else from using it. You know, you have to understand that when Dr. Silkworth treated Bill W., there wasn't a lot of recovery businesses in the world, right? Right. In fact, people like to throw away people like you and I into state-run sanitariums and mental hospitals, and there was no big business of recovery, right? And there is now. And there was in 1993, and I'm not just talking about treatment centers, but calendars, earrings, signs on the wall, bracelets, leather book covers. I mean, if you go to any AA convention, there's usually what we call a drunk junk store. It's, (laughs) It's not part of the official AA convention, but somebody rented space in that hotel to sell recovery related items. Yeah. At that time, the board didn't mind when a local intergroup used it or a central office or a district or an area or something that was AA related. But now all of a sudden, there were lots of other people using the circle and triangle. Then you have to start splitting hairs. Is it AA related? Is it not AA related? You know, back then the board was getting a lot of letters. It was confusing that if I bought a calendar with a circle and triangle on it, well, if I didn't know better, I thought it was official AA. Sure, you might think you're supporting AA. You just might think that AA endorses this or is affiliated Mm. with it. Coins, chips, all had a circle and triangle on them, all made by other companies. It became very time-consuming to figure out who was exactly using it. And I'm not meaning to pick on any of the companies that used it, because many of our own members have tattoos of the circle and triangle on them. Many of our own members are wearing a shirt with a circle and triangle on it. You go to an AA convention, you could get a hat that has a circle and triangle on it. And so it was either our members or companies trying to use it to make money, and to have to investigate every single one would have been an immountable task to take on. And all that time and money and effort could be better spent elsewhere. Obviously. Legal gets very expensive. Then we have people who say we're selectively enforcing it. How come we sent them a letter to stop using it, but we didn't send them a letter to stop using it? And you're talking about by 1991, 92, tons coming in every day. Mm-hmm. 
that's why with the blue people, it's very clear that only the General Service Board, AWS, and the AA Grapevine have permission to use the blue people. No one else. Okay, that keeps it straightforward. So why do you think it wasn't mentioned in the fourth edition of the big book that the circle and triangle words dropped from the first page? Well, first of all, I, let me just say to the listener, I know many people in AA who have a rubber stamp of a circle and triangle who put it right back there in, in the fourth edition, okay? <laughs> Good idea. That's how they take people through the big book and they want to explain the three sides of the triangle. I think by the time the fourth edition was printed, I mean, let's face it, in AA, we have short memories. Something that's a burning issue five years ago, people today don't even remember it or know about it. I think nine years later, there was a service piece issued. You can get, it's SMF 113, SMF hyphen 113. You can go right on the AA.org website, search circle and triangle. You can search SMF 113 and it'll come right up. But we've had this service piece out now for almost 10 years, nine years. I don't know what year it was added to the service manual, but I ran across mention of it on page 64 of the new service manual. And they make mention under logos and copyrights that the circle triangle was discontinued in 93. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of people don't realize our money is really our smallest asset, to be perfectly honest. It's really our trademarks and our copyrights to make sure that what is AA stays AA and people can count on that it's officially from one of those three boards. That's really the job the board has, you know, to take care of what we already have. That's beautiful. Billy, thanks for coming on and illuminating us a little bit more. Of course. I could, you know, listen, I could have made an error to Amanda. Thanks for the question. That took us down a rabbit hole I didn't know I wanted to be in. But, uh, you know, I learned a lot. Indeed. Thanks, Amanda. Hi, guys. My name is Joe from Grafton, Wisconsin, and I'm an alcoholic. I have a joke for you. What do you call a book club that can't read the entire book from the beginning to the end? The 164 Big Book Group. And uh, if you don't find that funny, you're probably a big book thumper. And if you still don't think that's funny, you probably should get a shirt that says, I'm with love and tolerance. All right, have a good day. Bye. You can give a gift subscription of Grapevine or Lavinia. Grapevine has a long waiting list of incarcerated members who want one. Get your group, district, area, or AA friends to join in. It's easy. Go to aagrapevine.org and look for Carry the Message at the top of the site. I'm at the very wit's end! An unhappy-looking drunk sat at the bar and told his troubles to another drunk. Last night was a bad scene, man. It took four of my buddies to get me into the house. Wow, you must have been passed out cold. No, I was still on my feet, but my wife put up a hell of a good fight. <laughs> it's really not that funny.
Thanks for joining us. The AA Grapevine Half Hour Variety Hour is posted every Monday and is produced by AA Grapevine, Inc. We don't speak for AA as a whole. We share the experience, strength, and hope of members to help others recover from alcoholism. Podcast info, including how to call in, is at aagrapevine.org slash podcast. Find AA Grapevine on Instagram and the AA Grapevine channel on YouTube. All things Grapevine are available at aagrapevine.org. If you want to know more about AA, Google Alcoholics Anonymous and your city or visit aa.org.